0: On today's bonus episode, we're diving into hitting your money goals while having fun. Welcome to Simplify and Enjoy, the podcast and community focused on helping families have less stress and more options through minimalism and financial independence. I'm your host, El Martinez. This podcast is sponsored by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Find out how at bankmetter.org. As we're winding down and wrapping things up for 2021, one of the best things we can do is set things up to make it easier to achieve our family and financial goals. For us, it's doing a review of the numbers to see what's worked and what hasn't. We're also spending time now deciding on what we really want to do in 2022 while of course keeping some flexibility in that plan because COVID is still a thing. A big challenge many families face is creating and sticking with a plan that allows them to pay down their debts, save for priorities and invest more. We have so many things going on. It's very easy to break the plan and just quit. I want you to stick with it and achieve your goals. So today's episode has something I think that will be a huge help. I had the pleasure of chatting with Joel Saul Cihai of the award-winning Stacking Benjamins podcast and the fantastic personal finance author, Emily Guy Birkin, about their new book, Stacked, Your Serious Guide to Modern Money Management, which is a mouthful of a title. But I got to tell you, the thing that jumped out at me about that book was how much fun it was to read. Joe and Emily do an incredible job not just explaining key financial points, but they weave it in with game references, inside jokes, comics, and more. It's all about making personal finance accessible and, well, not boring. If you're looking for a reset, reboot, whatever you want to call it for next year with your finances, I think you'll enjoy our conversation. I'm really excited to talk to you guys, especially after the craziest couple years that we've had, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but your book had me cracking up <laughs> out of all this, like craziness. Who thought a financial book would be like, Wait a minute. <laughs> one of those ways to relax? <laughs> Wait a minute. So
1: let's define that. Are you saying that you can't believe we cracked you up? Is that what you're saying?
0: Well, I, I know, Emily. I've known Emily for years. <laughs> there it is. And I, I See, I, I knew it, it. I knew you, but putting you guys together That is the the magic.
2: It's like you got a chocolate on my peanut butter. You got peanut (laughs) butter on my chocolate. Wow, this is great together.
0: (laughs) It just works. But but seriously, that's one of the first things that jumped out at me with stacked was how different it was in a very good way from other personal finance books, because there was so much humor in it. There were so many jokes and Call me a nerd, but I had to kind of slow down as I was reading it because I was like, I know this is a reference to something <laughs> because clearly you guys were having a lot of fun with this book, first off. How did you guys come up with this idea to write the book in this style?
1: So the book was my idea. And thank you for for all of that. And we certainly did have a lot of fun writing it. And I heard for a long time that writing a book was a painful and difficult. And while I won't say that it was easy, I do think it was a blast. It was definitely I had fun from beginning to end doing this project. But I I had written a book, Al, over a 10-year period. And it was way too serious and it was incredibly boring and it was not, you know, the kind of messaging that we have on our Stacking Benjamins podcast, which is that I think a teaching method of, you know, like you have here, that light is a great introduction to these deep conversations we all need to have. I had read that 150 million people in the United States on a recent survey said they've cried about their money. And there's there's just too much heavy. We we take it way too seriously. We're way too private about it. So I think the best way to get people involved is to lighten it up a little bit. But I needed I needed something, and I didn't know what it was. So Cheryl, my spouse and I, pre COVID, we mm-hmm. were out in Portland, Oregon, at this wonderful bookstore called Powell's. Have you been to Powell's?
0: No, I haven't.
1: Oh, it's this huge, it's a block long, and it's this bookstore that's so eclectic, not just in the fact that they've got new books and used books, but they also, I feel like every time the the store next to them closed down, they mm-hmm. just bought the property, broke down the wall because the floors don't line up. The second floors don't <laughs> go to the second floor. Like sometimes the third floor on one area is the second floor. It, it is a quirky, weird bookstore where you just get lost. Yeah. And so I've been there uh, three times, I think. And each time I just go get lost. So I find myself in the kids section and I found Not the surprised. Hardy. <laughs> right here. I was going to be like,
2: why were you in the kids section? Yes.
1: Just wandering around. I find my way to the kids section. I see the Hardy Boys detective manual. And I don't know if you read Nancy Drew or the Hardy yeah. Boys. Yeah, I and- remember those. The detective manual was a little different. It was a manual about how to be a detective, and it was written with the help of a real live retired FBI agent. Like I tell you that right mm-hmm. at the start. So my brother and I had this thing when I was in fourth grade and we dog eared it. We carried it everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, my dad would go to work on a rainy day or a wet day and we would be out in the, in the mud looking at the tire tracks, you know, mm-hmm. making sure we got that <laughs> for my dad or my mom would touch a door handle and we're over there with the tape and we're taking her fingerprint off the door handle. So we learned how to crack codes. I mean, it was awesome and we carried yeah. it everywhere and I had this germ of this idea which was this campy idea of if we could make a book like that where it appealed to adults and they carried it around and dog-eared it the way I carried around that book. That would be awesome. What was cool was when Cheryl and I flew home, my mom has a key to our house. And then I got home and my mom had finally, I'm 50 years old at the time, i 50. <laughs> and my mom's finally given me the crap from the attic that she's held onto for all these years, right? <laughs> so
2: She wanted to she, make sure that it would stick that you were out on your own before <laughs> she was- finally.
1: Yes, this marriage of over you know twenty some years at that point probably gonna stay together. It's, anyway. it's gonna
2: stick. I can I can afford to send him a stuff. Yeah,
1: very <laughs> very probably not transient anymore. So and in that box was like the sixth place in the father son bowling tournament, and with the arm was broke off the, the one of the two figures that was in there. Little Joey and Little League like three different years, and of course my hair's all messed up like it needs to be. <laughs> but the big thing was there was a the Cub Scout Wolf guy. What's cool. And we talk about this, Emily, and I talk about this in the book about how important gamification is Yes, for, for people that don't get it because they think it's sludge and it's tough. And if you gamify it, it's going to be so much more fun. The Cub Scouts, I realized flipping through this manual, had gamification down way before the apps did way before mm-hmm. any of this stuff. What they did with their chapters was, you know, every chapter was an achievement and to get the achievement they told you exactly what you were going to need at the top they told mm-hmm. you succinctly how to do it and then at the bottom they had a checkbox of all the things that you needed to do and there's yeah. a place for your mom to sign that you did it and i thought <laughs> here it is so, so when emily and i went on the book tour where we were where we were talking to different uh, publishers about this project it, it was so weird at the end of each one <laughs> at the end of each one of these i'm going so what i want to do <laughs> So I'd like to do the Hardy Boys detective manual meets the Cub Scout Wolf guide. So, how many adults. shades of
0: red was Emily doing?
2: <laughs> I was all in. So like at that point, that's I had, good to I, know. I that's good in. to know. You got a partner. Yeah, I had bought in. I was like, this is a great idea. I think it's going to I think it's gonna play.
1: Yeah. So th- that was fun. And then the last part, of course, we have interviews from a lot of people in personal finance in the book. Mm-hmm. And that came from, I was on vacation, another vacation in a bookstore and I saw Howard Stern's book. And Howard Stern's book was totally just interviews he'd done with these people. Mm-hmm. I thought, yeah. wow, we've done so many cool interviews with so many cool people. What if I found different people that talked about different topics and got their permission to include them? So we put them at the end of the chapters.
0: Yeah, I I loved it. And you had a a different variety. Some of the guests I were familiar with the budgetista. I think you had someone in the five space about gamification and talking about that, Kristen.
1: Yeah, Kristen. Uh, Wong.
0: Yeah. So I love the variety with that. I I found that so much fun to kind of just read it. I'm thinking of your podcast as I'm, I'm reading that section. But it's funny that you mentioned the Hardy Boys, a kid's book, a children's book, getting you in into this idea with stack, because I was just talking with a former librarian a couple of weeks ago, and I asked her, like, how did you get into personal finance? I was kind of interested in her story. Don't laugh. It was the same thing. Here is someone who is a professional, educated, and it was a personal finance intended for children that she's like, it was for investing, which kudos to anyone who's writing an investing book for kids. But Mm -hmm. it it took that intimidation. It was clear. It made it fun. And for her, that was the click that started her down that path. I think that's not recognized is, yes, we need to have more financial education and literacy, but how it's presented makes a huge difference whether it's going to stick and whether you're going to keep at it. With that in mind, that was the other thing that immediately jumped out at me when I was looking at stack was I was looking at it because you guys have a lot of visuals in there. I mean, besides I, I saw the portfolios, you know, the chart that you want to see about why you want to diversify. That was great. But you guys have cartoons in there. You have conversations. First, who came up with that? what was that conversation like <laughs> and how would that even fit in like with the publisher letting them know okay here's where we're going to put a cartoon bubble with a conversation <laughs> about a son and a mom <laughs> i you know i actually think that that
2: was the first cartoon we realized we wanted to make sure we included because we were talking about joe made the the comment you're changing budget and mm-hmm. i said that sounds like those like Old movies from like the 50s and 60s that are in black and white, like You're Changing Body and You. <laughs> <laughs> like how they're so <laughs> cringeworthy. And then I was like, I, thinking about that, yes. I was like, I would love to have like, you know, a boy with his voice, like cracking, like mom, <laughs> mom I couldn't afford something at the store. And mom like, oh, it's okay, honey. It's just you're changing budget <laughs> in the same way that like, mm-hmm. it's okay, honey. That's a normal part of growing up. Yes. <laughs> and so I think that was the mm. first time where we were like, we, we want to have a cartoon. And we started kind of looking for other places where it, it would fit for us to have cartoons. There were other aspects. Uh, so we have like like what looked like sticky notes, like post-it notes, which are like comments between me and Joe that came about because I actually put a comment. We were writing on Google documents. I put a comment in Google docs that was Joe. There's a joke in here somewhere. Can you help me find it? And he's like, Oh, we got, we got to put that in. And I was like, Oh, what if we had like conversations back and forth, like sticky
1: notes. (laughs) Yeah, somehow like the best joke is the joke that your reader comes up with, right? That, that, yeah. that you don't even come up with the joke because it's not nearly as funny as the fact that you've talked around this joke and everybody reading it knows you've talked around it. So <laughs> yeah. so w- w- what is the joke? So I don't think we ever did even tell that joke. But then Emily, Emily was going online, just doing these great cartoons. And I knew she was uh, doing a class where she was working on cartoons. I think that one I actually brought up said, you know, we got to totally make us cartoons. And Emily's like, really? I get to be a cartoonist in the book. I'm like, hell yeah, we got to do that. So then she's like, what animal do you want to (laughs) be? We have this strange conversation about how I'm a total fox.
2: It started with, he was just like, oh, okay, I'll be a hawk. I'm like, yeah, I can't do a hawk with headphones in front of a microphone. (laughs) I just, I can't, I can't draw that. It's like, what about a narwhal? I'm like, I can't do that one either. (laughs) Like, can you please pick something that is drawable in this scenario? Like, I need, I need more to work with. (laughs) So we, he ended up being a fox, which I think because he suggested it because he saw me i had posted an image of a a fox on the radio like talk on the radio yeah and that was when he suggested it he's like okay you you could draw this for us and like you could use that fox one and so i suspect he's like a hawk a narwhal because he was like (laughs) i want to be a fox she's just like oh joe finally fine
1: It's like my favorite, my favorite advice is in a bathroom book in my mom's house. And she has great pieces of advice from eight year olds. If you want a (laughs) kitty, start off by asking for a horse. There we go.
0: That's it sounds like you guys had a blast writing this. And something I wanted to chat with you a little bit more was the fact that you made it fun. And you mentioned this gamifying finances. How many games did you include in the book? I, I was trying to like keep track. I saw the Monopoly. I saw the Tetris. Yes, near and dear to my heart was the Oregon Trail. <laughs> like how did the game come first or how were you incorporating the game with these financial concepts? Because I, I have to be honest, I never saw Oregon Trail as a great way to explain budgeting. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, and it actually doesn't even explain budgeting as much as tracking, right? Mm-hmm. So Oregon Trail, mm-hmm. we, I, I thought, was a great way to talk about how, mm-hmm. you know, these people learned and they mm-hmm. taught people who were coming yeah. down the trail after them by writing it down. But it didn't solve the problem of the, the wagon going forward. It's Ooh. to help out later. You learn that maybe, you know, Timmy shouldn't have drank out of that mud puddle, or maybe we shouldn't have trusted that traveling salesman or whatever it might, be. you know, all the weird stuff that would happen on the, in the game, Morgan trail. So the game, though, I think the games were just a natural outlet. Mm-hmm. You know, weren't they Emily? Wouldn't you say?
2: Yeah. Yeah. That was, it just kind of came about because well, Joe is a game aficionado when early on previous homes, because Joe was living many places. But his background was just the wall of board games. There'd be times where I'd be like... I haven't played that one. Like that, that looks fun. Yeah. I think some of that is just, that's one of the ways that Joe thinks about things. And then I have a similar um, mindset. I'm not as like, I don't have uh, quite the, uh, the appreciation for games that Joe does, but I do have this tendency of looking for patterns. And so I have for a long time thought of money as being like Tetris and that budgeting is something where you're trying to allocate a scarce yes. resource and so like Tetris, you're trying to allocate like space mm-hmm. um, and trying to make everything fit. And with your budget, you're trying to make everything fits. And just like Tetris, the bills never stop coming. The, the money decisions <laughs> yeah. never stop coming. There is no end to Tetris. The other thing that really struck me as being very similar in that you are trying to do this thing that is never ending, And if you screw up early on, that can make things hard for a while, but you can always get back to to doing things more easily once you have cleared up. If you put put a T-shaped one down, point side down by accident (laughs) and have to work around it for a while, that's like taking a loan that you shouldn't have and have to work around it for a while until you're able to take care of things. So it's one of the reasons why I like talking about that is so many people think of money as this deadly serious thing. And I'm not going to say it's not because Mm -hmm. it is, it's a serious issue. It is life or death. But if you start looking at it in a more gamified way, rather than associating those, the Mm -hmm. money with, the the deadly serious aspect of it, it frees your mind to think a little bit more Mm -hmm. creatively. It allows you to recognize that like, Hey, I can make decisions under pressure. I can Mm -hmm. do this. I can do that. And so like, if I'm able to handle those falling blocks as they go faster and faster and faster, I can figure out how to handle my bills. That's kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to include that. That was just kind of a pattern that I have noticed throughout my life.
1: And I think that's important because the budget, l, as you know, if you really want to simplify mm-hmm. your life, mm-hmm. get an easy to understand budget. And I think a yeah. lot of people, you know, when I when I would talk to people about budgeting, they go, well, well I got mint. And, and, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't say that I use mint, first of all, but then they also. <laughs> that is be,
0: a a good distinction to make. <laughs> right?
1: I have it on my phone. I'm done with that. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I own a toothbrush. I've never used it. It's not the same thing. <laughs> I think that this idea of creating a budget so that it's freeing for the rest of your financial life instead of restricting Mm -hmm. is a big basic thing that a lot of people mess up and and they do wrong. Like, I don't think, especially couples, I don't think couples talk about their money enough. I think it's less about the spreadsheet. And as those blocks are falling faster and faster in Mm -hmm. life, which, you know, you've got kids and a spouse, the blocks are falling pretty damn fast. You really need a good budget that kind of tells you where the blocks are coming next so that you're able to plan for those.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's what I really enjoyed about the book is that you took real examples. You combined it with games that people enjoy and you explain things. I want to talk about two examples, one from each of you. And if you guys can go a little bit more into this, because I'm a parent. My husband and I next month will be married 15 years and we completely get like, Sometimes you're not always in sync and sometimes you got to bribe those kids to to help you out with those financial goals. So I saw, Joe, that you made a game like years ago with your twins about, you know, saving money with the electric bill and maybe a little bribe of pizza. And Emily Lamont's kind of getting, you know, your husband on board with talking about finances and working together. I don't care who goes first. I just. I would love to get the stories behind those and how it worked. <laughs> so, uh, Joe, are you saying you want me to go first? Abs- absolutely.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so with my husband, we came at money from very different viewpoints. It just, we, we did not have much connection other than the fact that we were both generally pretty frugal. And so when we were first married before we had kids and it was unrelated, it was not intentional for this reason. We were on a long car trip and somehow one of the two of us started saying like, let's list the top 10 vacation destinations you want to go, just, just go. And so, and it was delightful talking about this. And so his number one destination was the Le Mans 24 hour auto race in France. So, um, back in my, my salad days, I was a French major and I lived in Paris for six months. And so I was just like, I am down with going to France. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's my in. (laughs) Yes. Because not that I, I, like, I I am interested in auto sports, just not to to the level that my husband is in a 24 hour race. (laughs) (laughs) That's intense. That's it's pretty intense. And so and I can't geek out over the engineering on the fly that is like the entire reason he wants to go. So talking about this and this race, about a week later, I said, let's start saving up for France. And he was like, Oh, okay. And I was like, Yeah, I mean, we can we can afford, I don't know, 75, maybe a hundred dollars a month. We'll just quietly put it aside. And he's like, Okay all right, let's do that. And so that's, we started saving for, to go to the Luan race and we have not gone yet mostly because of the children.
0: The children (laughs) usually do
2: that. (laughs) So we, we hit our dinger of what we were reaching, of what we were going to save up towards. And the, the kids at this point, they are, um, remarkably picky eaters and we're like we do not want to drag them around France and have them whine the entire time (laughs) about the delicious food so we're gonna wait till they're a little older (laughs) they can come with us and and at least be polite That was what got us started. And so like talking about those things and uh, having these discussions and then using those discussions as a jumping off point to start making joint future decisions together. And we're making decisions about fun stuff. We're not like talking about life insurance or burial plots or retirement, which granted those are fun for me because I'm a nerd, (laughs) but
0: (laughs) But you made them fun in your books, Yes.
2: <laughs> but we're talking about fun things mm-hmm. and we're finding a way like, Hey, if we change this, that we're doing, mm-hmm. we can be able to have that we want. And that brought us together and put us on the same page for budgeting. I mean, it was not a magic, you know, boom, we're, we're on the same page now. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to promise that, yeah. but it, think- it started a, a, a great trend
1: yeah. yeah, but I th- and I think there's an order of operations here, right? I think mm-hmm. anything that you're going to will into existence starts off with conversations. And by conversations mm-hmm. I mean either self-talk if you're planning by yourself or or talking with whoever you're planning with in mm-hmm. Emily's case with her husband. But these conversations start the ball rolling, but then actually beginning it it's like mm-hmm. 95% of the battle because I anytime when I was a financial planner L and somebody began a journey, they would finish it. But but people would get all freaked out about finishing the journey. And I'm like, we don't have to worry about finishing it. Let's just start it. And yeah. once we started down the road, that was the all, nearly always the hardest part was just mm-hmm. getting that ball rolling.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I started with marriage and money because that's what we were dealing with. I don't think that's talked about enough. And I I totally get having a plan and getting excited about it. But I see too many times one spouse is excited about this plan and they're either like almost like dragging the other (laughs) if they're that (laughs) successful or versus someone who is sabotaging it because they never signed on to it. They're not enthusiastic about it. And I understand intellectually, yes, you want to pay off the debt. You want to save for retirement. You want to save for these goals. But when you can get your spouse on board, when you can get your kids on board, the momentum is incredible. It really is worth the time when you're talking about your relationship and your finances to invest in those conversations. And then you can always tweak it. You could always get better with it and find it. But if you get them excited about, hey, we're saving up for Le Mans or we're saving up for X goal, then that's a
1: huge win. Yeah. Uh, f- for our family, it, we didn't even attach a win condition to our game. <laughs> it was just a let's not lose together game. So I would come home and Cheryl would be busy doing something and we have twins and my twins would be nowhere in sight, Cheryl's nowhere in sight and every light on in our house would be on. We had three televisions, all three TVs are on. Nobody's watching any of them. The door it's like 55 degrees, the doors are open, you know, I mean, we're just heating the neighborhood. I just really was frustrated by it. And, and I found that, you know, harping on my family was not an approach that was working. Everybody mm-hmm. just kind of rolled their eyes. So instead we took a different approach, which is we gamified it. We mm-hmm. took out at the time, just simple graph paper. And back then, cause my kids are 26 now, and they were maybe eight at that time, the bill would come every month. And Mm so we would, whenever we got the utility bill, the electric bill, we would plot it on this, on this grid. And the goal was just to see how low can we go? And we would just start tracking it. Man, once my kids got excited about tracking the utility bills, my life completely changed because if I would leave on the flipping TV for a sec, I would leave the room to go get a glass of water (laughs) and I would come back and my son's turned off the TV. He's like, dad, you got to turn off the TV that's just sucking electricity. What are you doing? <laughs> we're trying to win this thing, dad. What are you doing? I'm like, so now my kids are complaining at me that I'm leaving too, too many, out. but just by gamifying it, yeah. involving the whole family made it a ton more fun and the complaining went away. And now we were all on the same page.
0: That's what I, I loved about reading stack is that you came away. Yes, you had the financial tips, but it was fun it you know it is fun to try out and experiment and joe i have been in your shoes i had the pleasure but it was a pleasure at the end of it i put my oldest in charge of the zoo trip budget she was hardcore she's like do we really each need to get a drink can we share
1: <laughs> waters for everybody
0: <laughs> but Empowering your kids, including them, making it a game, making it fun is just a a huge win all around. So I I definitely recommend anyone listening and watching this. Grab a copy of stack and pre-order it now, because I saw that you guys have some bonuses. I saw a checklist for finding more measurements. When I was a financial planner,
1: I would find that we would sometimes with a a new client that came in, we'd -hmm. find them lots of money. And then other clients, maybe we were busier. We would mm-hmm. miss the same exact thing that we had gotten the time before. So maybe we'd find something in the, you know, we just talked about the electric bill. Let's say in the electric bill, we'd find something. And then the next client, I forget to do that. So I had this thing, this sheet to make sure that with every client, we walk through the sheet to make mm-hmm. sure. And this was every single place I knew to look for money. We decided to wow. include that as an extra. Initially, it was in the book, but it was a little overly nerdy. It was a little (laughs) overly deep. We have people tell us like, you know, this would be a great pre-order bonus instead of uh, sending the book into the abyss. (laughs) Then Emily, yours, your budget sheet is one that you use.
2: Yeah. So that's my actual budgeting Excel sheet. So my happy place is Staples or any office supply store. And I was at one and I found a budgeting book that was uh, broken down like by 31 days. You wrote things in and uh, I brought that home. It was in late 2014. And my husband looked at it and he's like, you have got to be kidding me. They make Excel for this. <laughs> he does a lot with Excel in his work. He's an engineer. He's like, I will make something for you. Using the book that I found as a template. created this Excel um, spreadsheet that I have like changed and tweaked over the years. I ended up making it rainbow order because I hold rainbow order sacred. I have literally been using that since December, 2014.
0: I'm really excited about this. And for those listening and and watching Definitely pre-order, and I want to support you making a good decision. I know to get the bonuses, they have to send you a copy of their order, but if they keep that and send a copy to me at el at Simplify and enjoy five people randomly, I will reimburse them and give them $25 Amazon gift cards so they can have some fun and enjoy, maybe go on a money date and talk about Le Mans or whatever it is to motivate them for this <laughs> New Year 2022. So thank you guys so much. Where can they get more information about Stacked and whatever else you guys are up to? Because you guys are the busiest people in personal finance. (laughs) I'm
1: just trying to keep up with her. You can get more about the book, stackybenjamins.com slash stacked is is a great place. That gives you all the places to pre-order. By the way, I never pre-ordered anything. And thank you so much, L, A, for having yeah. us and B, for doing that. That's awesome. But I'll tell you, I never pre-ordered anything until I became a creator. And I realized that pre-orders are the way, if our goal really is to make fewer people cry about money, that Mm -hmm. bringing more people along for the ride is fantastic. And some of that's Mm got to be discoverability. The way to get discovered is to have any of these projects, ours, if it's yours, if it's anybody's, Mm -hmm. reach some of these these lists that are out there, right? The Amazon list, the Wall Street Journal, or God forbid the New York Times. And I never knew this, but those are all based on pre-orders. So if you you don't pre-order our book, Emily and I'll be fine, but I'll tell you (laughs) that ever since I became a creator. I've now started pre-ordering stuff where I really, really like the thing so that not just for the bonuses, but also because I'm interested in financial literacy. So, but stackybenjamins.com slash stack. We, we have a link there to bookshop, mm-hmm. which works with independent booksellers. You know, if you've got a local mm-hmm. bookseller, that's awesome. And by the way, if you don't have any money and you need the first couple chapters of this book, which are about getting out of debt and getting your credit in order, go request it from your library. I know we've had yes. a few backers do that. And I know- libraries yes san diego public library system i just found out is it just ordered six so that people in san oh, that's diego exciting whatever they want yeah that, that cool. i mean that's fantastic that's
0: how i started um learning about personal finance when we first got married was the library and no shame i was like 10 books now did i read all 10 books at first no but i quickly found out which books i liked which once I was like, I'll put it back. But it, it's a great way to explore books. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and especially, you
1: know, if this mm-hmm. is the type of book that you're going to dog ear, read it first and then buy your copy yep. later mm-hmm. and then dog ear the heck out of it. Like I did the Hardy Boys. Yeah.
2: Yeah. If you'd like to visit me, you can find me at emilyguyberkin.com. And then also emilyguyberkin.com slash stacked is uh, another place where you can um, find out more about the book, places to pre-order, see where we're going to be on tour. Cause well, I say we, I'm only there for like a third of it, but Joe (laughs) is doing a 42 city tour because
0: busiest person. Because (laughs) he's (laughs) Joe, Emily. Yeah. I'm excited (laughs) about you coming in Raleigh, January 22nd. I'll be there and I'm, going to get some friends together. We're going to have a lot of fun and I will have all the links in the show notes. This segment is brought to you by Coastal Credit Union. If you want to live better, you got to bank better. Find out how at bankbetter.org. Before we wrap up, I want to focus on a few key takeaways I got from my chat with Emily and Joe. The first one is find the joy behind the numbers. I think it's great that you're saving more in your emergency fund or you're investing for a retirement or you're paying down or off your debt, but you have to remember to stay motivated. You have to have a why. What is the benefit of you hitting that goal? If you're paying off credit cards and you knock all of them out with that money that you're saving, what do you plan to do? Are you going to upgrade something around the house, travel, tech? What is it? defining your why, finding that joy behind the goal can keep you motivated because if you're dealing with a large goal, it's going to take some time. The second one is truly make it a family goal. As Joe mentioned, you can throw in pizzas, competitions, but including the kids with your goals can be a great benefit. Not only are you doing things together as a family and having that momentum, You're teaching them finances in a way that's more accessible and a lot more fun. Finally, if you haven't already, make sure you're having those money dates. Yes, you're going to be reviewing the numbers, but really it's about checking in with each other, having those conversations, making sure that you're in sync with one another on your goals, and if something's not working, catching it when it's a small thing instead of letting it snowball into a bigger deal. I want your conversations... Around money to be fun. I want it to be low stress and low key so that you can focus on the bigger picture. If you'd like to discuss your family and financial goals for this next year and beyond, please join us in our free and private Facebook group, Thriving Families. We bounce off ideas with one another, we share some of our favorite tips and resources, and we're there to encourage each other through the tough times. So if you want to join us and we would love to have you there, just go to simplifyandenjoy.com slash FB. Special thanks to Emily and Joe for being a part of this episode. As always, I'm going to include links to the resources we mentioned, including, of course, the book Stacked, How You Can Pick It Up, Joe's podcast, Stacking Benjamin, and links to all of Emily's other books as well. Also in the show notes, I'll include a link so that you can submit your receipt for your pre-order of Stacked and be entered to win the reimbursement and an Amazon gift card. You can find all of this at simplifyandenjoy.com stacked. As we gear up for this new season, just wanted to remind you that if you're listening to this show on the Couple Money feed, we're going to be switching over to releasing the greatest hits from our archives in 2022, along with some occasional bonus episodes that are new. Each month we'll have a different theme, and we're going to be starting off the year with paying off your debts faster. So if that's something that you're hoping to tackle in 2022, please stay tuned and listen in for those episodes. If you want to have all new episodes, they're going to be released on the Simplify and Enjoy podcast. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, Radio Public, wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm really thrilled about the new episodes that are gonna be coming out next year. We're not only gonna be discussing family finances, but we're gonna be talking about being a frugal foodie, fun hobbies, travel, and more. I really appreciate your support. If you have a question or topic you want covered on the podcast, reach out to me and let me know. I hope you have a wonderful week and rest of the year. Take care.